you know, when people leave oftentimes from their therapy session, they'll say to me something like, well, you did a great job. And I'll always turn that around. I'll say, no, you did a great job. I was just there. <laughs> and I say, my motto really is, is that when I know that somebody feels better, then my world is better too. Because each time a person feels better when they leave, then the world is a little bit better place. Welcome to the Wellness Plus podcast featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, certified holistic health coach, Karina Rachel. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and my guest today is Athena Jezik. She has a background in massage therapy, craniosacral alignment, and lymphatic work, as well as movement therapy, which is a topic that we've been exploring in our 30-day program that mm -hmm. we're producing at the moment. Yes. So one of the things you had mentioned to me as we were working on this program was talking about structural alignment and development from the core. But the core to you is a little different than what I think most people think about when they hear the term core, thinking about the abdominal muscles and back muscles that help to support the spine. Mm -hmm. But to Athena Jezik, <laughs> what is the true core of our health? From my opinion and from my work of 30 years of experience in this and in movement therapy and everything, the core is actually the uh, cranial system, mm -hmm. the, the membrane that goes around the brain and spinal cord, which is called the dural tube, which is, is, in my opinion, the most important piece to have corrected. And the reason I say that is because it ties in with the structure at the sphenobasilar junction, which is up in the head, where the sphenoid bone, the base of the sphenoid bone, is touching and has a joint with the occiput right um, in front of the um, where the cord comes out of the skull, where the uh, nerves come out of the skull down into the spinal cord, and that is the fulcrum of the body. Right. So when you go that small into the body and find that that's where the fulcrum actually is, it's my opinion that, therefore, the structure of the rest of the body, the abdominals, the back, the shoulders, and everything else, will sit better if that particular bone structure is in alignment. Mm. And it also pumps the cerebrospinal fluid, so you're having a better um, function along with that structure that is aligned. Wow. And we spoke a lot about craniosacral alignment in one of the previous podcasts, mm -hmm. but hearing you kind of describe that that um, dural tube, you know, kind of going down the spine from the very uh, source, so to speak, from the brain, that mm -hmm. maybe that is actually at the core of helping our bodies to function the way they're supposed to. And that would explain why we focused so much on helping people to improve their posture, looking mm -hmm. at the way that we walk, the way that we sit, all of these different things that so many of us are doing um, with poor alignment. 
So we talk about the exactly. forward head posture, mm-hmm. so common now. Um, what's kind of the the domino effect uh, that's created when people, just from that one simple piece, don't have the craniosacral alignment of the neck? Well, in my opinion, the way that I see that happening is that then it's like stacking blocks. You know, imagine that you have those little kids' blocks and they're all the same size. And you're stacking them, and if, as long as you stack them very evenly on top of each other, then you can stack them however high they'll go, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you can stack them, and they'll be in, in a straight line. But if you get one block just a little bit off, just a little tiny bit off, you can't go up very high without it toppling one way or the other. So mm-hmm. you have to have another block counterbalancing that, moving it over to the side, or however that other one is out of balance. So you have to have another thing counterbalancing where that first block is misaligned. Mm -hmm. So a a second block somewhere up, let's say, just call it the vertebrae. Um, Actually, we're thinking downward, but let's just pretend like we're thinking upward since the blocks have to sit on the ground. So you just have to think maybe the second block is out and then go up maybe the fourth block but that's going to have to be a counterbalance and then you have to have another counterbalance farther up Mm -hmm. so in my mind it makes sense that when the sphenobasilar junction is not on the fulcrum when it's not sitting on the fulcrum when it's not doing the flexion extension in the proper alignment to pump the cerebrospinal fluid in my mind it seems like if that's off in a side bend or a or torque or a shear mm-hmm. position or a combination, which is usually what's found in there, uh, that that's going to shift the spinal column itself because the membrane is attached to the to the column, the inside of the of the column, and it's going to pull a little bit of tug here and there and here and there, and then it's just going to work its way out. It starts right. very tiny. Kind of like if you're, you know, going to outer space and two people start out and they're going in the same direction, but you're like a quarter of a degree off when you just keep going, you're going to be, you know, <laughs> way far away from somebody's each other. Somebody's going to miss the moon. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to miss it dramatically. It's kind of the way I see it only at a smaller scale, mm-hmm. that if you're going to be off maybe somewhere in the neck, then there's going to be certain off things farther out in the shoulders and down the arms because there is just a little pull here and there. It's also my opinion that that's a large reason for chronic pain, unless there's a disease pattern behind it. I I really have watched this too many times, that chronic pain is oftentimes alleviated by getting that fulcrum back on point. Wow. And definitely when you consider that the spinal cord is kind of the central part of our nervous system, Mm -hmm. allowing for our brain to communicate with other parts of the body. Mm -hmm. Every single motion, every single, you know, um, different uh, nerve passageway, so to speak, is going to be potentially negatively affected if the spine is not in that proper alignment. Yeah, yeah, it will be because also if you think about it, the dural tube, if you think of the spine, then you have the the nerve, the spinal cord inside of the spine. But in order for the nerves to get outside of that spine to go to the organs, they have to go through this little thing called the dural sleeves, which is a little protective sleeve that comes out of each bone area through these little holes. And so that wraps around into the stomach or the lungs or wherever it's going. So if you think of that whole tube, again, like a nylon stocking, 
And it, if you just yank on the nylon from both ends straight, then that's how the tube should be. But give a little twist on that. Mm. And let's say you have a little ribbon coming, some ribbons coming out from the side of that nylon. As soon as you twist it just a little bit, you'll see that the, ri the ribbon is in a different position. Right. So therefore, there's going to be a little torque or a little pinch or something. And over time, it's going to cause a little bit more of an issue, even right. though... It, you know, and then they, well, we won't get into that, what they do, but. <laughs> well, and, you know, hearing you say that, is that kind of the idea of a pinched nerve? That the spine kind of comes out of alignment and one of those nerves actually gets maybe pinched between two of the vertebrae? Well, that, that can happen like that. And also it can be worse because it can actually be the spinal cord itself that slips out and begins to, you know, perforate a little bit through the mm. vertebrae. Now, that that situation which they call slip discs okay. um it's the disc but oftentimes the nerve is somewhat involved as well there's the nerve is definitely involved because right. <laughs> you wouldn't have that kind of pain if it wasn't mm -hmm. but those slip discs because there is a padding between the the bones you know it's not just bone on bone right so but when that sort of thing slips then yeah then there's it's not holding the ver the vertebra the uh, excuse me the cord in place so that's going to have a little problem there mm. but those can be corrected and i've corrected quite a few slip discs um, with the cranial sacral therapy. Wow. It's just by giving space back to that and allowing that to go back into the proper place, which is another topic we could talk about is how cranial sacral therapy, it's not my job to decide how to get that back there. It's my job to give it space so that it knows how to get back there mm. because the consciousness of the body is is pretty good. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty darn good. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, you know, when we talk about things that are uh, maybe taking us out of alignment, um, you know, having that negative effect on the spinal cord and the dural tube, um, things like our posture, our repetitive movements. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned the forward head posture just because that's yeah. a really that's common a thing now that people are realizing that, you know, if your, uh, you know, neck is, is in this really, you know, um, inappropriate uh, structure, so to speak, from mm -hmm. the head protruding so far forward, uh, that the kind of domino effective effects from that can be everything from headaches, um, of course, neck pain, mm -hmm. shoulder tension. Um, but again, it kind of is going to have this cascade of different effects yeah. just starting from that one um, misalignment in the neck. Yeah, actually, yeah, it, 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 it seems really exaggerated that way. But, you know, I've worked in this for a long time, and that's what I see over and over and over again. You know, when you see people come in there, they can hardly walk. They can't move their shoulder, and they're going out. One lady, you know, she was doing deep knee bends because her hip was hurting when she came in. She was doing deep knee bends before she left, and it's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> you couldn't move her shoulders. That's that's the release, the alignment that comes right back in. Right. And you can find misalignment in areas that people don't normally think about, like the sternoclavicular junction um, or the sternoclavicular joint Um I guess it could be either. Um, it's That's where the clavicle um, meets the sternum. There's mm. a little joint there. It's a very tiny joint, but sometimes that thing is all it is is misaligned, and it creates all this shoulder pain, and people go through all of this stuff, and it's just a small alignment of those two bones. Wow. So it's like, ooh. 
you know. <laughs> I think I'm on to something, but it, right. but people think you're crazy because it hurts way out here, you know. But it's like, well, let's get into the core. Let's get into the very, the core. <laughs> right, the core of the problem, the root of the problem. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. So in your 30-day program, um, that's that's really where it starts, is with those mm -hmm. posture pieces, uh, the upper body and lower body posture. Yeah. And then, um, you know, kind of the next component, it looks like, is maybe the mobility piece. Mm -hmm. And then again, that kind of ties in with the clavicular junction and the shoulders, because our arms and shoulders are really just connected Right there at the mm -hmm. clavicle. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, they are. They are just connected there to the skeleton. Um, you know, the little joint that's right at your neck where the clavicles come together and then the sternum, which is the breastbone. Um, that's the only place that is attached. The scapula, the back of the shoulders um, are, and the, and everything that comes out from the, from the clavicle is is held by muscles. Mm. And so the the thing is, is that the structure is kind of weak. So if you think about our posture, I mean, I know that as I'm aging, it's harder for me to remain <laughs> taller. I have to be more aware of it because the this is the only attachment up here at, to the structure. So if things muscularly, if we're weak, will start to come forward. Mm. Plus we do a lot of activity forward. We write, we are at our computer, we sit slouchy. You know, so that encourages muscles to be a little more stretched in the forward position from the back side and a little more contracted from the front, mm. holding that position into place. So that's why it's so hard to reorganize the muscle tissue and get it into a new muscle memory pattern, which the brain has to take over to do that. Yeah. So the mobility then comes in that alignment because, again, it's like the blocks if we're slouched over and then we want to move our arm around, we sometimes have to straighten the spine to get it going to where we want to because right. we have to be back again to that alignment, which alignment is always sort of boring for people, but hopefully I'm bringing a new insight yeah. to it. And I mean, it definitely, I mean, hearing you say that that craniosacral alignment is the true inner core of our health, I mean, that just gives so much uh, reason to, to spend a little bit of time paying attention to your posture or getting that craniosacral work. Mm -hmm. Because in a way I'm hearing you say, you know, actually, you know, so many of the body's problems could actually just come from this one little tiny um, misalignment that can, that can be corrected by helping the body to, um, uh, or helping to support the body to come back into its natural alignment. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of look at all the things that we do throughout our day that have taken us out of that natural alignment. Mm -hmm. um, and I mm -hmm. see it as a, as a blessing that actually <laughs> there, there's a, a really maybe simple solution to pain or other issues that people are experiencing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of simple solutions. Um, and that's where people should start. They shouldn't jump into surgeries right away. Um, I was thinking of something as you were saying that. Um, the other thing is that, you know, when people are slouched forward for a long period of time, it does take time to release a lot of those muscles, mm. a lot of the musculature. And there are some modalities out there that are good for that, but they're usually more uh, modalities that are a little bit gentler in nature. Mm. The Alexander technique, From I don't know anything really about Alexander, but from what I've heard from people, that that's a good technique to help with postural things. Mm. 
Um, it's not very well known. In some areas it is, in some areas it isn't. Um, from what I understand, that's a good one to help release. And then there's other modalities that people can go into, um, movement therapy, uh, where the alignment is also worked. Right. But sometimes the musculature needs a little bit of help to, to be released before we build them back up. Right. Because you want to have that alignment. That alignment is really important. Mm-hmm. And just counteracting all of the repetitive mm-hmm. motions or years of oh, bad yeah. posture the person has had. Yeah. So can we yeah. kind of, um, so we talked a little bit about the shoulder mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, what is another area of the body where mobility tends to be an issue for people? Oh, definitely the hips. Well, it's also the spine too, but the hips, um, Actually, everything, but <laughs> but really, the hips are another really important piece. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. The hips are another really important piece, and where I find from my work that most people get the most restricted in the hip is in actually in the SI joint, where the sacrum comes in together with the the crest of the hip, um, and so that that particular structure tends to be a lot of a lot of compression goes on there from mm. sitting and you know all of that. So when the sacrum can become mobilized, then those hip pieces that SI joint goes all the way through. It seems like it's just in the back, but it doesn't. It goes all the way through to the front side of the hip. Mm. Um, it's deep inside, the intestines rest inside there, so we don't really think about that wow. being a joint going all the way through. But it is a joint, and it does move the little hip crest, the um, the ilium and iliac um, up. You know, there's mobility there in that right. hip thing. And so um, then, then the joint comes out from the side of that. So if that hip, the kind of the case of the hip, the box of the hip (laughs) I don't know exactly where the you know the legs come out of there the hip joint actually Mm -hmm. comes out of that if that's real stable and immobile then it's going to be hard to move the the joint as well because Mm -hmm. you need a little more flexibility in the deeper structure in order to be more flexible in the outer structure now doing splits and that kind of thing not everybody has the right hip socket structure because some are deeper and some are shallower so people that are more limber tend to have a little bit shallower hips hip placement where the ball goes into the socket Mm -hmm. yeah where the ball i thought i was just saying that backwards yeah so so that that's variable as far as how far people can become flexible but the flexibility does really start in the SI joint from everything that I've worked on and watched over the years um to get people more flexible in the hip and then it but it does work up into the spine as well so the spine has a forward backward movement a twisting movement and a side to side movement like a side bend movement and mm-hmm. all of the joints should be moved in that those directions to keep the joint also very fluid and flexible so that you can have mobility in the shoulders as well as the 
the hips and with the rib cage. Um, and if the hips go one direction, the shoulders can move the other direction. You're not going to harm yourself and pull your back out or anything because mm-hmm. you have the flexibility there to be able to take twisting positions without um, pulling and stretching muscles that are not, you know, that are used to being short right. and suddenly just pull. And that's usually what pulled muscles are about. So that's a little bit about the hips. And it that's the stable point. That's kind of our center that we want to rest in so it's important to keep it mobile as well right as um you know as we do with everything else in the joints and then just realistically speaking you know so many of us are sitting for prolonged periods of time um Mm -hmm. what is the impact on that hip mobility from prolonged periods of sitting well people probably feel it when they try to stand up (laughs) i know i do (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) Well, it's it's just we get stiffer and stiffer, mm-hmm. and so it's important to do, you know, well, I, you know, cranial cycle, but there's this also, I think I've done a little video on it about the uh, sacral wedgie is a really helpful tool to keep the mobility in the, in the cranial, or in the sacrum, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but the impact is that people just get very, very stiff. Pretty soon they can't really bend over. And then over time, the bones will become a little fused here and there. Wow. And you can really lose mobility out of that. And then, you know, it's not very fun because, you know, you hurt all the time. And, right. and you're stiff and you can't reach for things. And a lot of things that you could maybe do by just taking a little time to remain flexible you can't really do those kind of activities much. Right. I mean, we slow down enough as we get older, but you don't have to slow down as fast as some people are slowing down. Yeah. I mean, and you just think about <laughs> the daily motions, you know, especially for somebody with kids or something, picking up your kids. I mean, everyone too, is, yeah. is picking things up. And, you know, just that one element of, um, you know, being able to lift, being able to bend, being able to yeah. sit down on the floor and then stand back up. I mean, all of those types of movements mm-hmm. are things that, you know, we kind of think that they get a little bit more difficult, you know, as we age and we start to lose some of that mobility. But then I watch you and you have this incredible movement, incredibly graceful. You have great posture, great mobility. And I'm don't very often hear you complain <laughs> about um, pains and things like that. Can you maybe speak about, you know, how have you been able to maintain all of this mobility and alignment? Well, with a lot of work, <laughs> for one thing. Well, part of my thing is, you know, I go back pretty young. So it's been put in, mobility has been kind of trained into into me. But even there was even times that I got away from it that I realized I didn't feel as good without moving. Mm. And I think it is, it's a very high intensity that I still do exercise with um, uh, much more than I think a lot of people my age are able to do for endurance. Mm-hmm. But it's just keeping with it. It's keeping with it. And yes, I'm slowing down. I'm not doing it three times a week. I'm doing it once a week, maybe twice, but usually once a week. And I do have a bar at home that I keep my mobility going with just little stretching. But it's about keeping it going, keeping it going, keeping just it going. Just a little bit every day. Yeah, because when you get through your 20s and 30s, it's like with me anyway, once I was really trained, my body was really trained. Of course, most people aren't going to be as insane about it as I was, but because I had it so much in my blood, um, I had to really be insane about it for a while. (laughs) 
because I was doing it 21, 25 hours a week. Wow. But that's a little bit, you know, unusual. But if people just dedicate it and become, ha- you know, have it be a habit for them to just work out and work out in ways that are fun. I mean, <laughs> I really think that movement is the thing I like about dance movement and movement in particular is you can you can do flexibility and you can also do strength and you don't and you get yourself move through all the range of motion as well mm-hmm. and you're accomplishing a lot in a small thing plus you're working on coordination and all that other stuff so to me to learn how to move on the structure on the alignment is just I think it's a lot of fun Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of fun. You yeah. have music to go with, and, and you can make up your own stuff. And it's also very meditative. And it's a, for me, it's a time to unload from a lot of stuff from the, the world that's going on out yeah. there. And just get into this gratitude space and just appreciate, you know, that I can still move, that I can still think, that I can still wander around <laughs> and eat and, you know, take care of my cats and... <laughs> Still work and do, you know, without a lot of pain, because I I do have pain and I do have stiffness, but it's not, it's in the morning after I sleep primarily, and I'll just move around a little bit and get it back going, and and it disappears. Yeah. So, yeah, so I just encourage people to stop sitting around so much. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that, you know, the 30-day program that... um, that we're working on right now is really a great kind of, um, you know, guideline for for keeping these pieces in because you have a big uh, craniosacral component, mm-hmm. um, a lot of work on the mobility, both of the hips, the spine. Well, I got that's not both because I'm going to give three: <laughs> the shoulders, the hips, and the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even down to you know the knee joint, the ankle joint. I mean, these are all areas that you yeah. focus on in these videos we've been working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It. It, it has been a good, you've put together that very well. Um, we. I, <laughs> well, <laughs> you did the hard part. <laughs> I just, you know, for me, it's so much about hearing, um, you know, hearing this information from you and then, and then f- you know, helping to uh, come up with a way to lay it out for people in a way that is realistic for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really allows you to just basically have a more, uh, I guess, Red, uh, regimented format of how people can, you know, go from a place of being in pain or having, you know, limited mm-hmm. mobility, limited movements, mm-hmm. and really helping to uh, restore that that development from the core, as you say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that can happen, and their function can change too. It's just a matter of what they want to do and making up their mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we all have choices, and so this is one of kind of a, one of my pet peeves, I guess you could say, is all this squabble about, you know, we need all this health care and free this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But my question is always to people when they say that, it's like, well, what kind of care are you going to get that way? Because if somebody, if somebody is depending on somebody else to take care of them for things that they should be taking care of themselves with, like just being careful about what they're eating, being careful about moving, being careful about doing all that stuff, and eating well and doing that whole component... We would have an entirely different health situation in this country if people would choose to do that. Right. Um, and more and more, I think, are. But a lot of the programs that I see out there are just, you know, there's nothing wrong with anything out there. Um, but 
people have got to kind of choose what they're going to do and find the most efficient ways to do it. And in my mind, what I've done my whole life and how I've seen people develop has been pretty easy because they can take time out and do cranial sacral therapy, and that changes your structure quite a bit. Mm -hmm. It just does. It changes a lot about you. And just get regular at it, even if it's every two months or three months. Just find somebody that you can do that with and be regular. And then find little things to do. It doesn't have to be the same thing. It doesn't have to be pumping a lot of iron. That just really kind of develops you in one way. You want to stay mobile. You want to stay that. So to find a way to move and and keep on doing that but it really boils down to people understanding that they're not going to be young forever and that if you don't stay that way at least when you're entering into your 40s by the time you get to your 50s it's really hard to recover from Mm -hmm. recover you can but it takes a lot of work and then when you get into my age where I'm getting it's scary to think but you know I'm getting closer to 70 (laughs) which is shocking to me (laughs) honestly well (laughs) well it's it's I think I'm kind of proof that this thing works you you are (laughs) you are I mean you have so much positivity and energy and we we just get together and we laugh and laugh (laughs) and um I think you are definitely a testament to how um, maintaining these little uh, self-care pieces, you could say, yeah, um, it's, can just do so much for you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a new focus that I think that we need to, instead of focusing on what's wrong with everybody, because it's really what's wrong with ourselves, when we start looking out there and saying blah, blah about so-and-so, or not looking at ourselves, that's where I think we miss it. It's Mm -hmm. time to look at ourselves and say, what can I do to improve? What can I do to move towards excellence? What can I do to stay in the quest for beauty? You know, and what can I do for the, you know, to stay young and vibrant, even though I'm chronologically, you know, got these big numbers stacked behind my, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, Because things are, Life can be so different if mm. we just get a different kind of a vibration out there and right. and a new agreement that we're going to take care of ourselves first and quit tearing everybody down and stop because we're really tearing ourselves down when we do that. So, yeah. so maybe the next piece, um, the cognitive aspect. You know, a, a little while ago you had mentioned, you know, about – Um, correcting our posture, that there's Mm -hmm. also this element of the brain having to learn to, uh, (laughs) to embrace these new postures and maybe activate muscles that haven't been used in years Mm -hmm. or decades or something. Can you maybe touch on that, you know, kind of cognitive component? Yeah, the cognitive component is, is muscle memory. It's, it's neural net pathways for the body. It's, um, Getting it helps the brain, you know, to do the ipsy contra stuff. Can you explain what that is? <laughs> well, that's uh, it, it, the way that I've understood it, and the way that I was taught. It might be somebody else's terms might be a little bit different, but I've I learned it as ipsy lateral is when like the same arm and the same leg are moving, okay. and contralateral is when the opposite arm and leg are moving, and so. <laughs> What happens in in a lot of times when people are doing like movement therapy or any kind of exercising, but a lot of times in movement therapy, is that they'll only like make a movement maybe leading with their right side instead of changing and leading with their left side. Mm -hmm. And so then there's an an imbalance in the way that the brain is coming together as well. Um, So it's important in development of the cognitive 
parts to be good is to, you know, change lead feet or change directions you're turning or change lead arms or do a leap with the other leg first in Mm -hmm. front and then in back and alternate so that you get more balance in how everything is connecting with the body and with the brain and that, you know, you're still going to have your dominant side, but your less dominant side doesn't have to just be this piece of withering stuff you know, right. floating on to your side. Yeah. Instead, it will be functional. And um, yeah, that's a, that's a good part of it, too. It, it does keep the brain working. Mm-hmm. I've had experience when I, well, one time I had an experience, I go quite meditative oftentimes when I'm, especially when I'm in an ecstatic dance setting, um, where I could actually feel or at least I thought I was. Maybe I was just focusing so much that I was imagining it. But <laughs> at any rate, it was cool um, that the left brain primarily functions with, you know, order and sequence, and it, it's it's more um, compartmentalized and that kind of thing, more analytical. The right brain is more creative. And so what I realized one day, and the corpus callosum is in the middle, and that's how it communicates across the lines. So what I realized, and I don't know what this really has to do with, you know, I haven't really figured all this out. It's just something that came to me in that state of mind is that I got it that the left brain was so busy paying attention to where the body was landing, how my foot was landing, how my knee was lining up, how everything was structurally managed in the body. And the right brain was giving me ideas, actually showing me like how to move in the next pattern. And so I could almost feel the corpus callosum like really hot down the center of my head because it was going back and forth communicating like, well, I'm going to go this way, so then therefore you can do, and I'm going to do this. And Mm -hmm. how it was working together, it was kind of interesting to to see that. And that was the point that I realized that the brain really has a lot to do with the function of the body and why it was important for me to develop both sides because I felt really awkward and almost foreign when I hadn't worked on the other side as much as I did the other one. And then to get the muscle memory in the left side, when, because I'm right dominant, so to get the muscle memory of that same kind of movement in the left side as mm-hmm. the right side and get comfortable with it, I realized that that was a big major brain function wow. to do. So it was it's just kind of funny things how it comes to me, and sometimes I don't even have any kind of backing for it or any proof. It's just... Mm-hmm how I've experienced it and how I see it and how I watch it in other people. Mm-hmm. So. And I think that realistically speaking, that when we observe those little phenomena within ourselves, like you're moving, you're dancing, and you can almost, you know, have this awareness of the left side and the right side of your brain, like coming together to help you coordinate the movements. And the right side says, oh, well, I want to do this movement next. And then immediately the left side of the brain is is thinking of all of those little structural elements. Yeah. And how do we logistically, you know, help this movement to occur? Yeah. Um, and it's usually so unconscious that we don't even think about it. Right. Right. But yeah, that's that's really well said. Right. And to that <laughs> element of, you know, not only coordinating our movements like dancing, where there's a very kind of conscious decision that you're making with the movements, but also how do we react when something's falling off the side of a table? How do we react yes, exactly. when, you know, something you happens? Yeah, and you need those quick reflexes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's a really good point because that helps that too. That's an unconscious way to 
for the body to correct. Right. And so when we're in that mobility and we're in that strength and flexibility um, and coordination, we can definitely correct a lot faster right. and oftentimes avoid maybe breaking a bone, mm-hmm. which... Uh, I know that to be true. Yeah, and it's um, so common for for people to, you know, there's certain injuries that we that we hear of a lot. You know, the hip again because it's that mm-hmm. um, such a, you know, commonly used, you know, very large but also very uh, kind of delicate joint for the body. Um, and I've had so many people that have, you know, maybe had um, a fall or something, and they said, oh, well, thank goodness I was falling down on my on my right side. So I was able <laughs> to catch myself a little bit. Oh, good And point. you think, wow, well, what if you had, you know, maybe not as strong, but at least stronger coordination on the left side, too. Mm-hmm. So if you did happen, because, of course, when you're falling, you don't really have, you don't have much time. <laughs> no. And you certainly don't get to choose which side you're going to fall on. No, you just know you're going. Um, yeah. So having that, you know, quick reflex, Mm -hmm. having that coordination for both sides of the body, I mean, you can just see so many ways that that is is really an essential part of of keeping your body fit, healthy, avoiding those potential injuries and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah. And it can be fun getting to that point, you Mm -hmm. know, if people just find it to be fun. And it doesn't have to involve being, you know, signing up for anything. People can just find a room and Put music on, and once they learn the structural parts of it, just do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, <laughs> since you have been training the um, ipsilateral and contralateral uh, <laughs> exercises in the videos, I have been working on them, and I'm not very good at them. But I, it is so fun, and I, you know, when I'm working on that, and you know, so you know, ipsy, ipsy, contra, contra, like mm-hmm. alternating both. You know, hand and foot at the same time, or right foot, left hand. Yeah, left hand, right foot, and then alternating those. Mm-hmm. It it's it's like brain candy almost. <laughs> you know, it feels really good. Yeah, and it does. And then when you do start getting in the groove of it and noticing your own improvement, wow, you know, I actually am creating these new neural pathways. Yeah, because that's, I've that's gotten what... so much better at doing this. You know, certain movement or certain coordination. Um, well, that's great to hear because, you know, and if you lose practice like I did, you know, I couldn't get through that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I still goofed at the very end. But, um, yeah, good for you. It's, it is fun, but it does feel good to have that brain where you're actually thinking mm-hmm. the movement. And, yeah, good for you. That's yeah. <laughs> And just being able to, you know, notice those things in yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, there's um, – I also have a music background, so when we're working on, like, drum rudiments and stuff like that, uh-huh. there's a lot of that kind of, like, ipsy-contra stuff oh, going on sure. as well, with, like, coordinating the feet and the hands and then trying to switch them. Uh-huh. Um, and so all of those little kind of cognitive training uh, components um, not only translate over into the movement therapy, um, but also into into music or art or dance. Yeah. And I just love that there uh-huh. are so many different uh, kind of applications for this training that you're giving in the program. Well, yeah, because it's core, your inner, inner, inner core development, and mm-hmm. that involves the brain. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's that whole alignment. And so it kind of does stem back to that because we're really just, you know, 
nervous system and electrical mm-hmm. system and right. Stuff I think like so that. many of our movements become those uh, just kind of ingrained movements. Like when you're mm-hmm. walking through the park, you're not thinking, "Oh, got to move my left leg." got to move my right leg. I mean, you just walk. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how a lot of those um, movements that just kind of become our natural tendencies, you know, we could actually be not quite doing it correctly or not quite walking with the right posture or whatever. And so those Mm -hmm. little tiny elements that then... um, you you know, can translate to so many other issues. And then with these... Uh, you know, movements that we're that we're doing without really thinking about it, and mm-hmm. maybe we're not having quite the right posture or quite the right alignment. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by WellnessPlus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. And then with these... Uh, you know, movements that we're that we're doing without really thinking about it, and mm-hmm. maybe we're not having quite the right posture, or quite the right alignment. Um, I think about what you said in you know some of the earlier videos, and I believe this came up in the previous podcast as well, which is that uh, the function follows the structure. So mm-hmm. in order for the certain part of the body to function the way that it's supposed to, whether it's your arm and shoulder lifting to its full range of motion, mm-hmm. or um, you talked about how all of our organs, you know, <laughs> once again, the nerves that go to those organs have to travel through, um, essentially through the spine and also depend yeah. on that alignment. You can start to see how if the structure is out, then the function is, you know, is going to be affected. Mm -hmm. And you start to see how, you know, all of these little pieces can come together to restore function and restore optimal health. Yeah, yeah. The the structure part does definitely play a part. And if you think about it, too, you know, we never think about our organs are so squashed inside of that little (laughs) space. I mean, they're just like (laughs) smashed together. They have. But yet when we bend over, what does that impact? Those organs have to kind of move and roll around each other as mm. well. So, you know, there's been pictures that I've seen that, you know, people's whole intestinal tracts have been completely rearranged. They're not really where they're supposed to be. They're like the large intestine is like slid over to the side or the small intestine or where it's entering the large intestine is way up high where it should be down lower. I mean, there's a lot of distortion that goes on from you know, probably faulty alignment as well as probably other things. But but that's another thing we don't think about, that when we bend and move, the organs also have to be able to be in that alignment initially to be able to hold that. So because they know where to go when it's moving around. They're, They're not as stiff as bones and muscles are not as like structured, but mm-hmm. they still are, they're like a bunch of water balloons that have to kind of move <laughs> around inside of a bigger water balloon. And <laughs> I actually love that visual image too. <laughs> well, you know, but that's something else we, we, we never think about right. um, when it comes to alignment. 
we really, you know, in strength and training and how to do all that and mm-hmm. consider the organs. But the organs do are affected by by the structure. They definitely are through the nervous system and even uh, the veins, the arteries, you know, feeding them properly and right. lymphatic system draining properly. You know, it, there's a lot that goes on. And then there's other things that, of course, function needs because function needs to have certain molecules that will help it to repair and replace. It needs certain nutrients to be able to build things back into into place. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we if we begin to respect the body instead of abuse it like so many of us do, like we're kind of taught to do <laughs> and we're sold to do, <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a whole different experience being human because, you know, it's it's just different. The focus right. is different. The focus is on something completely different. And it doesn't take away from life. It really adds more to it. Right. And I would say that in terms of the your quality of life, um, there's so much to be gained by bringing your attention into these, you know, yeah. different pieces and really just bringing our awareness back into the body. You know, yeah. so much of our uh, awareness is just outside of ourselves. We're yeah. not paying attention to our posture or our alignment or, you know, how, how functional are we with our non-dominant side? Yeah. You know, um, all of those little things and then working on that cognitive uh, coordination thing. Mm -hmm. You know, how quickly can uh, your brain send a message to your arm if you're falling (laughs) on one side and you need to catch yourself or something. Mm -hmm. But those are the types of real life, um, you know, situations and issues and potential Mm -hmm. problems that we face every single day. And no one ever taught me any of this information no they they don't and it it even expands you know bigger than that because when we start to pay attention to ourselves, we begin to see that you know we're not the perfect creatures that a lot of times we think we might be and instead of throwing our own dislikes onto somebody else and projecting it out there we when we're starting to do it we see how how much work we have to do on ourselves, and so the judgment whole thing kind of changes if people are really intellectually and emotionally honest about it, they begin to look at themselves and there's a little bit more tolerance that can be built, but there's also a line to be drawn because you can't be tolerant of intolerant things. So it brings you really to a point because I think it's because of the respect of, you know, when I respect myself more then I have a better opportunity to really respect the person who's on my table because I can understand what they're going through because I've taken myself through that process. Mm, yeah. And I'm paying attention still, and I'm feeling still the age effect, and yet I'm trying to defy it to a certain degree <laughs> without surgeries. <laughs> and, um, you know, whatever comes, comes. But I think that there's this could be a big part of a place to start to, to change a lot, not only within ourselves, but within how we relate to one another and mm-hmm. how we begin to con- converse with one another and our tolerance level for one another right. um, instead of just projecting, you know, how much we don't like somebody because of our own anger, fear, or jealousy, or whatever. So that's another part of this whole healing process 
that I work in is with the, at the emotional level, right? which stops a lot of people from a lot of things, and it really does mess with how they behave. Right, and how we interact with one another. Yeah. You know, and I think about the days that I've had, you know, um, my back hurting really bad or a terrible headache, and I know that I've probably don't have the same interactions with people that I normally do when I'm feeling good. Yeah. So you can kind of speak to um, this element that if people are kind of living at this, you know, certain quality of life Mm -hmm. where maybe it's like a four out of 10 or a three out of 10, but that's just where they think they have to be. They don't think that there's a way for them to be an eight or, you know, be living with less pain. And then you're right. That internal um, pain or discomfort or whatever that people are living with, it definitely translates into how they interact with one another. Yeah, Um, it does. Yeah, it turns into more of an energy, a vibrational kind of thing. And that's really fascinating. I'm, I'm kind of going more and more in that direction. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it really does. And things are, I think it's time for a shakeup. It's time for a new, you know, a new base uh, as far as how we're going to stand and put new foundations down and mm-hmm. how, how we want to change things because um, I don't think we can survive if we keep being this way. You know, we, we are so insecure. Some people are so insecure they can't even sit down and have a conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with exactly what they how they see the world. And, right. you know, when we can't even do that, there's no way in the world we're going to be able to achieve peace or all this stuff that everybody really wants. We're not going to be able to not have a ruling class beat us over the head because, you know, somebody is offended because they said something that they don't agree with. I mean, you know, it's getting to be too insane. And I see it as all coming back to sure there's a lot of other factors. But I think one of the biggest factors is is not paying attention to ourselves, Mm. our own emotional, our own physical, our own structural, the whole ball of wax (laughs) you know just putting it all together and when we do start saying i'm the most important thing not in an egotistical arrogant way but i'm important enough to take care of and i'm important enough to sift through why i feel this way or why i Mm -hmm. don't feel this way and find out ways of um changing that then that energy and that vibration that we're going to be putting out because we're going to be more satisfied with ourselves Mm -hmm. and we see the flaws that we have that we can you know we can just get along better Mm -hmm. i mean that's what i see in circles that are doing this already right Right. When you take the time to be good to your body, to care for your body, you know, we live in such a fast paced, you know, world that a lot of times those things like taking care of yourself, doing your self massage or doing your stretching that you need to do, you know, a lot of times that just gets nicked off the schedule because it's like, oh, all of these other things other than me are more important. Yeah. And just maybe shifting that mindset that, hey, if you put the time in to really take care of your body and be good to it, it's going to have this, you know, huge echelon of positive effects that start to uh, kind of manifest from that. Huge, huge. And our lives change because of it. And our function is going to change too when we get a better attitude that way. I mean, you know, it's structural allows that to happen, but then we do have the choices in life and all of that but yeah it could yeah it's we got to take ourselves first and Mm -hmm. you know not in an arrogant way not in a greedy way 
but just in this is what I'm here for. This is who I'm responsible for first right. is myself. Because if it's like putting the, you know, if you're in an airplane with a child, they tell you to put the air mask on yourself first before you do it to the child. And mm. so it's kind of like, so let me wake up in the morning and before I turn the hot water on I'm gonna <laughs> sit down on my wedge for five minutes because I have a little bit of pain in my back right and so you know sorry cats you have to wait till I'm done taking <laughs> care and then I'll feed you <laughs> so just sit around and wait for me <laughs> well and I think that's such a great little example you know that we um <laughs> You know, the time that we put in to take care of ourselves, the time that we put in to, you know, practice working on our posture or Uh practice working on our hip mobility, that all of those things are really, you know, uh, bringing positivity to all of our different relationships and all these other pieces, not only helping to bring our own quality of life up and our yeah. own, and our levels of yeah. pain down because um, you're definitely right if we're living in pain and discomfort it it has a very big toll on our relationships it, and it, it really does yeah or if we even live in fear and that kind of thing mm-hmm. it holds us back right there's yeah but it's a neat avenue in it I think we're I think humanity is ready for a change mm-hmm. um, I just think that there's such confusing things out there right now that, you know, we don't know where to start. And so if we just start by simple things that are reasonable, um, what was it somebody said? I really liked it. It was, it it takes a sane mind to think clearly. (laughs) I can't remember who said that. But it takes a sane mind to think clearly. Mm. Um, So maybe we should kind of check our own sanity anymore <laughs> I mean I don't know I'm looking out there I'm kind of wondering but <laughs> but it's um yeah it's a journey and it can be really fun and I appreciate you know the opportunity to be able to share that because this has been heavy on my heart for a long time mm. um and the body is once we get to know the body too it's incredible because it does want to be well it wants to function for us it wants to you know be there for us mm. it's conscious and we snuff it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am definitely grateful to you for sharing all of this with us. And um, I feel very strongly that um, this 30-day program that we're putting together is mm-hmm. is a really great starting starting space. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. when people don't know where to start. I think that you've done a really great job of, of laying it out. Oh, here you go. Here's day one. Here's where we start. Um, And really creating a program that can help people to get out of that space of pain or Mm -hmm. simply um, improving their their own fitness or their own health, even if they're not in a place of pain to start with. Yeah. Well, you've helped a great deal, too, in your abilities to organize (laughs) things. So I thank you for that, too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to see, you know, the way I always feel... When I, I'll just be real quick because I know we have to go, but you know, when people leave oftentimes from their therapy session, they'll say to me something like, Well, you did a great job. And I'll always turn that around. I'll say, No, you did a great job. I was just there. <laughs> and I say, My motto really is, is that when I know that somebody feels better, then my world is better too. Because each time a person feels better when they leave, then the world is a little bit better place. I love that. Even though we don't maybe see it, it is. <laughs> and there's a lot that. of people doing that, too. <laughs> well, Athena, thank you so much for being here today thank and you. sharing all of this with us. And I can't wait to have you back on the program. Well, I look forward to it as well. And I'll see you for the little more workout stuff. 
Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Thank you so much. Okay. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the podcast today. You can find this video version of this interview, along with hundreds of other health and wellness videos, on wellnessplus.tv. We will also have Athena's 30-day program coming soon to wellnessplus.tv, and we hope you will join us there as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time. This podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.